Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Welcome to the Running Light Ministry podcast. Um, this is October, and my name's Bo. And I'm Peter. And we get to hang out together today and talk to you guys about uh, sex, the Bible, and uh, issues like pornography and stuff like that. And and, uh, and we know these podcasts are a little bit sometimes heavy in theology, but it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I always like to talk to you about uh, the different things that we talk about specifically, and I love how we keep bringing it back to God and how God works and things like that, you know. Um, to me, that's like so much recovery right there, <laughs> you know. But today, in today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about um, husbands, and, and I thought we'd just talk a little bit to the husbands that are out there that maybe listen to this and who um, are battling and have battled and are doing good and maybe some of the issues that come up in our lives, you know, as husbands um, um, and how we deal with them, you know, biblically and things like that. Um, so let's just kick it around, you know, you know, what we think about different things. You okay. know, as a husband, obviously, we there's many things that we struggle with, you know. Um, sex is just one of them. Obviously, we get our ideas of sex from... Um, growing up a lot and, you know, kind of a lust culture. So it's it's easy to kind of, you know, mess up as a husband too. Yeah. You know, when you get married, it's just, it's funny, huh? It's like you get married and you, you think like automatically like, hey, you know, I'm not going to struggle like anymore <laughs> or, or things are going to be better or things like that. I always love the singles uh, people, the people that are single in the group, Yeah. you know, because some of them have this idea that like, man, dude, like, Bo, you, you're married, man. And, and I'm sure it's so much easier for le- you. At least you could, you know, you know, have an outlet. That's yeah. what they say, <laughs> which is always weird because it's like talking about sex, like, like it's like an, an outlet, like, you know, like, <laughs> It's like, uh, I don't know, just it's kind of odd, you know, it just sounds funny, yeah. you know, um, to me. Um, but um, I always have to tell them, kind of burst that bubble, you know, and I'm sure you do too now because you've been married for a year, you know. It's like yeah. you kind of say, well, no, it's just really being married just creates a whole new set of problems, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I mean, don't you th- feel that way? I do. I, I definitely feel that way, and I have expressed that to guys because, uh, the thing is, as a single person, what you know, because I uh, was in the groups as a single person, yeah, and that's how I started going to the groups, and I just recently got married, like you mentioned, just a year ago, yeah. And uh, when you're single, in a lot of ways, when I look back on it, being single and fighting, and this might sound weird to some of the single people listening, was actually easier for me than fighting married, and the reason why was because as a single man. Whenever I would have any thought of sex or sexuality, I would immediately just be like, that's wrong. And I would start fighting. Right. So it's like for you, like cutting off was like, I can cut off everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just completely <laughs> anything sensual, anything sexual, I was able to just get rid of. But now it's it's odd because now I'm married and now there are right times to be sensual and there are wrong times yeah. to be sensual. And so now it's like it's so difficult to and, and I know that me and you have talked about this before, Bo, but the idea that now when I'm with my wife, becoming aroused with her and, and being sensual with her 
can be difficult sometimes because I've so trained myself to just think wrong, you know, bad. <laughs> That's not good. And so it's like it's difficult to to be like, no, 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 it's good now, you know. It's it's okay. I'm with my wife, and to to think about God and and to pray, and, and it's just it's such a it's such a difficult thing uh, to do, and it's it's far more difficult uh, than it was being si- single. Not, not that, and I don't want you guys to get the idea that me and Bo are like bashing marriage. That like, dude, sex with our spouses is lame, and we wish we were single again, you know. But it, it definitely carries with it a whole new level of of pleasure and awesomeness, and it is very, very cool. All we're saying is that there is difficulties. That's you know? right. It's just a new set of things, you know, for sure. You know, that person who's single, like you say, they, you know, they're they're longing for this relationship, this intimacy, you know, and and of course they're they're struggling with self gratification, they're struggling with uh, pornography or maybe even prostitution, man, getting prostitutes or something like that, and you know, and then they then they kind of have their eyes open, you know, gosh, man, dude, the Bible says, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, you know. It's like I think of the eyes lusting after people. I think of the hands, masturbation, you know what I mean? It's like Jesus knew exactly what we, we were going through, <laughs> you know what I mean? He just hits the two areas of the body, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he says, you know, and you think as a single guy, you're like, yeah, cool, I'm done. You know, I'm going to just cut this thing off. And, and you kind of get, you, you can learn, you get in this pattern, you can get in this kind of groove, if you will, of just going, okay, I don't have internet anymore. I'm not going to be doing these things anymore. I'm not going there anymore. You know, I'm cutting this off. I'm getting rid of the lotion or whatever you use to masturbate or da 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 these type of things. Um, certainly so. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get married and you're reading, you know, and what's weird is even as a single guy or a married guy, you're reading the Bible and you're reading like Colossians 3 and it says, put to death the members that are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, you read those things and, and, and it's not just this place, but it's all over, you know, where it talks about this sensuality, this lust to this, you know, and we think no, 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 no. And we're constantly in that no, no mode, you know? And, and then, you know, and it's really tough to kind of all of a sudden start going, okay, Song of Solomon's okay. Mm. You know, like that's okay to like start playing around with, with sexuality, Mm. you know? And, and it's funny, but you, I find this in a lot of even girls that grow up in the church and they live a pure life and then they get married and then they really struggle with sex like it really they ha- it, it like takes time for them to think like hey this is okay yeah like this is okay it's I okay think. to to enjoy it you know? yeah okay like to, th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> to just dig it a little bit yeah. <laughs> to enjoy it to enjoy your husband to to see and and yeah it's, it's I, I would say from my perspective and, and i don't know i'd kind of like to hear what you think as well bo uh but being in the youth ministry I would say that girls, I've seen that girls struggle, I would say, more than the men that I've met mm-hmm. uh, in this particular issue. Uh, because I don't know what it exactly is, but there's this, like, I don't know if it's our culture, I don't know if it's the church, or if it's the, the world. I don't know who's, like, feeding this. <laughs> but there's this idea that I, that I get from a lot of girls from the youth group and, you know, when I go to college and when uh, and, and hang out at the U of A campus. And it's it's in men too, but I just think it's greater in the female population, where it's almost like girls shouldn't enjoy sex, and yeah. it's like a weird thing to say, but like it's this idea that like 
sex is kind of like the man's thing. Yeah, but I, you, know? you know what I think it's from? I think it is a a learned behavior that is perpetuated as they grow up and they observe their families. And there is, you know, how much talk is there about sex? Mm. How does the mom talk about sex? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, how are those things conveyed, you know, if at all? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if they are, it's usually most probably Christian evangelical moms are probably thinking, man, I got to make sure my daughter doesn't get pregnant, mm. you know, like have sex, have a, you know, so it's like, you know, that's like the goal of a lot of parenting, meaning the, the big fear is pregnancy, young pregnancy, what's going to happen, everything like that. So I think a lot of their talks stem from that kind of fear, mm. you know, instead of really saying, hey, you know what, you know, um, Mary, you know, you're at this age where, you know, it's okay if you start feeling a little sexual mm. and it's okay if you start thinking that way. And um, and talking to them about what the Bible has to say about, if you will, the, the joy of intimacy mm. and uh, within the context uh, that should be safe, which is marriage mm. um, and and, uh, you know, and everything like that, you know, and I, I don't think it's I, I think most women just don't have that kind of discussion. You know, that's a loving one. That's an, a fun one. It's an exciting one where yeah. there's this kind of thing where you hear sex and you think of, you know, that's cool. Like nothing's wrong with that. And I know in my own family, I've had to try to kind of always kind of go that direction mm. because there's always a natural tendency as a parent to to fear and to teach your kids um, uh, by fear um, and, and with the goal of saying, don't mess around, don't mess around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I think I think in the Christian culture that we see, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know? So you get that girl who gets up to her her wedding, you know, night and she's, you know, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. freaking out, you know, like, you know, and she just struggles, you know. That's yeah. Right. And I think it's tough because, you know, as a, as a husband, you know. You, you read, you read, um, or you know, we're talking about guys here, husbands. But you know, you read the word, and it is difficult because it's hard. If you're a husband that struggles with sexual immorality, you're trying, in one sense, right, to stop it, and it's, and, and in a sense, you want to just do a shutdown. You just want to power down on the computer. Yeah. You know, hard shutdown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is far easier. Yeah, I was, I was actually this week. I was in uh, one of my discipleships. We're going over 1 Timothy 4, verse 4. And in 1 Timothy 4, Paul is directly addressing uh, like a heresy that's in the Ephesian church that Timothy was the pastor over. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about these groups of people that he says are giving this doctrine of demons. And the doctrine of demons is abstinence. He says abstaining from food and abstaining from marriage. And it's like so weird for us as a church culture to be like, that's what demons are saying? Yeah. To abstain? Yeah. Like, I thought they were saying, like, give in, man. Isn't that it's, the Christian yeah, thing? <laughs> I know, dude. That's what we think is the Christian thing. And Paul's like, no, it's from the devil. That's from the devil, dude. If you think about abstinence, it's from the devil. And when you think about it, he's right. Because where it came from, I mean, and I'm uh, going to go back a little bit into the history of it. And just to say why it's still alive today and why it's so prevalent was it came from this, this, uh, 
this philosophy that was going on that said like the creation was basically evil and that heaven was spiritual. So heaven is a, a spiritual release. So you're done with the physical and that's it. And so what they were saying is like, if the creation's evil, then that means that we shouldn't enjoy it. And that means that our life should be of abstinence and, and going away from pleasure. And that's holy. And when I say it that way, a lot of you guys probably can think in your own heart and in your own church community of people or even yourself in ways that you think that you think that way. It's a holy thing to be abstinent. And Paul shatters that in 1 Timothy 4, verse 4, where he says, but God created it. Meaning if God is good and he created the creation and he said the creation's good, that means that the creation has to be good. Yeah. So that's the that's the logical conclusion that no 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 if God is good and he created sex, then sex must be good. Good. And that's Paul's whole point that like a life of abstinence, a yeah. life of saying no pleasure, no pleasure, no pleasure yeah. is not holy, but it's actually demonic. And and when you really think about it, it's like it's really simple. Right. The reason why we bend these ways is because it's really easy for me to go up to somebody and just be- say, like, abs- abstain. That's really, really easy for me to say that to somebody. Just abstain. Just just stay away from all of it. Cut the whole thing off. Get right, away. Right. It's difficult for me to say to somebody, no, you need to seek purity in this area. Yeah. Meaning, as C.S. Lewis put it, he says the creation is good, but it's gone bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the creation, but through sin it's gone bad. And we as Christians, what we're doing is re- we're reclaiming the goodness of the creation yeah. through Christ. It's almost like, it's almost like it's, e- you know, we think of like getting off the grid and going to live somewhere in the boondocks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we think, man, let's just cut it all off and let's just go live someplace where we're all alone, where we can live peaceable and that kind of thing. And, you know, where it's, it's difficult to be in the world but not of the world. Yeah, which a you know? whole lot of Christians did, right? Monks and, right. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. So it's like, it's easy to be a monk. You know, yeah. that's really easy. Yeah. So as a husband, you know, you're reading these passages that talk about, you know, there's so much against this, like, overt sensuality. Mm. And don't be like the pagans. Don't live in this, this lustful desire like the pagans. Yet, and so it, cre- it can create in us as husbands this fear when we're trying to get off pornography or trying to not do prostitution or whatever things we're struggling with. You know, it becomes tough because you're going, okay, you know, I know I'm supposed to be sensual and sexual with my wife, but I'm not wanting to be sensual and sexual. <laughs> and and that creates a real big um, uh, contradiction in your brain, hmm. um, which becomes difficult in in the area of being intimate Mm. because you know what we're trying to do at running light is say hey it's not about it's not about getting off porn and having sex with your wife Mm. that's not what this is about Mm. um and we're not right with god just because we don't watch porn Mm. but yet we fulfill lustful inclinations with our spouse Mm. you know no the goal is is agape love in our life so and if we're walking in agape life, we're going to work on our porn issue for sure. And then we're going to um, work on our intimate issues, too. So when we're in the intimacy with our wife and we're starting to have intimate encounters with her, we're no longer thinking the way we do. And that means we have to renew our mind. We're, we're renewing our mind in how we have sex. Mm. So we're thinking through it. 
and and like anything, it takes time, and it can create some really funky issues in a marriage, <laughs> you know, because there's going to be times where when you're trying to renew your mind and not lust and try to understand the balance, you might lose your arousal. Hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? There might be something where you're no longer aroused, like you just you just don't. It's not that you can't be intimate with your wife um, in some ways, but it just means that may, maybe some things aren't functioning. Let me put it that way, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's because your mind is trying to do things different. Yeah. And I and, you know, uh, without getting too personal or anything like that, but I'll just tell people that there was a learning curve for me, mm. you know, where when reengaging in sexuality um our, our sex with my spouse, um, I did go through this major mental gymnastics time mm. where um, it really was very weird to think about these things. Because usually, you know, Peter, when you have sex, you know, growing up, if you've ever had premarital sex, which I know I don't think you ever did, but I, I know um, I was around. I was around a lot of sexuality and had a lot of sensual encounters. But you're not really thinking much in your brain about <laughs> like, hey, how am I really processing this? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just you're just stoked as ever. You know. <laughs> you know. You're excited. You're nervous. You're scared. All these things are going through you at once. It's pretty radical. You know. Um, but in a marriage, you know, all of a sudden you're you're being cognitive. You know, there is an awareness that's going on where you're starting to now do everything for the glory of God. Now you're taking that literally serious. Mm. It's no longer just some cliche term that you use when, you know, you're going to go do an outreach and we're going to go do things for the glory of God. But now you're saying, I'm going to do sex for the glory of God. Mm. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, how does agape love look like in the intimate bed? Yeah. You know? And that I think, like trying to wrestle through that, uh, and my conversations with you both has really helped for sure, of having to retrain certain misconceptions I had about what sexuality was like. Um, like for instance, just retraining myself on this idea that um, sex began and, and and ended with the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean by that, without getting too yeah, graphic with no. you guys, yeah. the idea that like if the man's not aroused, then sex cannot occur. And after the orgasm of the man, sex is over, right? And having to retrain my mind of like that's not true. That's right. That's not that's not correct. Mm-hmm. You know, sex is about the mutual enjoyment of each other. But think of how odd that is to so many people. Yeah, I mean, so many people are going to listen to this, and I hope they do, where they just go, "Whoa, you know that that is so true." You know that that's 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 not usually how we think of it, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like when you realize that, when you understand it, it, it could open up so much more to your sexuality. Meaning for me, like when I think about it and again, I'm like trying not to be too crass here, but the idea is that like, you know, Hey, an orgasm is great, Mm -hmm. but it's not that great. Yeah, it's not and it's not the be all. It's not the end all for sure. Yeah. And I get far more enjoyment like when I'm with my wife and just being with her and enjoying her and seeking to please her than I have ever gotten from just a simple orgasm. Right. You know, it's not that great. And I know for a fact that, you know, if 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 my relationship with my wife 
was the way I thought it was going to be. Where it's just like, no, it's about it's about me. You know, if I'm aroused, then we can have sex, and after I'm done, it's over. You know, and that's it. And that's the way I thought. My sex life with my wife, I know it would bore me. Mm. It's not just even about like the idea. Like some people are afraid of that concept because you're you're like, well, you know, like who's going to take care of me? Well, the fact is, is that the way that you're having sex isn't taking care of you anyway. Mm. You know, it's not satisfying you the way you thought it was going to anyway. Uh, I think C.S. Lewis put it best in his book weight of glory where he says like it's not that god finds our instincts to be too good and that's why he says no he finds our instincts to be too bad and that's why he says no mm-hmm. and so like for the christian what we're saying is that the way that god's having it the agape love the selfless service of another right is far more pleasurable than just simply seeking your own right it's you know. better to give than to receive. Right. Is that is that true or false? It's definitely true. And and that's what we gotta. That's what we, that's what we're looking at. You know, as husbands, is is Jesus's way really better? You even know, in the bed. <laughs> even in the bed. Yeah. You know, um, you know, being a servant of all, mm-hmm. being the greatest servant of all, is that the best? Mm-hmm. You know, or is it? Or is it? You know, as. Um, Dinesh D'Souza said in um, What's So Amazing or What's So Great About Christianity, which I think everybody should read. It's a very good read. Um, but he, when he put, you know, uh, the orgasm has become today's secular sacrament. Mm. And, and that's so true. Mm. I mean, that's the goal of everything. Yeah. You know, and that's the goal of most people that view porn. Not everybody. Yeah. I don't want to put everybody in a category. You know, I hate doing that. But for, for many people... Um, you know, pornography becomes that. It becomes like the source of orgasm, mm. and that's the goal. But not for everybody, but for some people, it certainly does, you know. But hu- so, husbands certainly, you know, um, learning how to develop your sexuality now in a new light mm. uh, is probably going to be the, always the biggest challenge. Yeah. You know? And- and I would say the beginning of that for, for you husbands and for me as well, something that I'm learning, which is, to be honest, the reason why we don't want to do is because it's a little embarrassing, is discussing things with your wife. I mean, discussing sexuality. Yeah. You know, because I, I get it. You know, like when I talk to my wife about our sexuality, it makes both of us uncomfortable. You know, and I do this for a living. So it's like a little weird, you know, <laughs> that it still makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And the reason I know for me that it makes me uncomfortable is I would like to believe that I'm just I'm just there, right? Whenever yeah. it's like whenever you ask all someone of us for guys, critique, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whenever you ask someone for critique, you're like, hey, did you like it? You just want them to say it was perfect, right? right? You never want anyone to actually say, well, you know, you could li- work a little on this area, especially in sexual situations. Especially man. in sexual I situations. I mean, if your wife says, hey, man, that wasn't that great, you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you know. But, and you get down on yourself. But the the idea there is like when I'm having a conversation like that with my wife is what we're establishing before is it's not like when we're communicating like this, it's not like my wife is just coming to me and be like, that sucked and you suck. Right. It's like we're, we're afterwards being like, man, how could we grow in these yeah. areas? Yeah. And that way I know that when my wife is telling me things, it's out of love. It's not that she's like... Again, it's not that she's now being selfish and she's like, well, that didn't satisfy me. Right. But it's this idea of she's trying to, in her best way, help me to better serve her, which is my joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And then I'm trying to do the same thing with her. Yeah, you're trying to joy. you're trying to find a greater joy than orgasm, and that's in the joy of serving. That's right. So if that's really the joy is in the service, then you're going to be okay with what what comes out of the mouth in, in an open, beautiful talk. That's right. Now, for most husbands that aren't there, you know, maybe they're not even close to there. They're like, dude, you guys are talking like, <laughs> you know, Aramaic <laughs> to me, <laughs> you know, um, you know, because it, it does take time. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been working on this for the last 10 years, you know, so you've been working on this for the last two or three yeah. You know, so some guys are just like, man, I'm just working on, just starting to work on. It. You know, I, I always start right at the beginning with this: is that men um, learn to pray with your spouse maybe before or after sex. Mm. Just learning that art alone is going to open up a world for you. Mm. You know, because what you do is you're going to bring God at the forefront of that world now. Yeah. And that that world needs to have God as the as the forefront. That is not a secular place. Actually, if we study the theology, to me the marital bed is is the holy of holies. It is the tabernacle. It's the it's the holy of holies of the place. You know, only one person's supposed to go in there a year, and it's supposed to be a private encounter. Uh, and um, hopefully not once a year, though. Hopefully not once a year, <laughs> yeah. but it's supposed to be yeah. something that's very exclusive. Exclusive and special. And special, absolutely. Yeah. And I think of Lamentations. I think of a passage in Lamentations that when God's actually talking about Jerusalem, He talks about um, He talks about the holy city, and He actually talks about it as a woman opening up her legs and allowing every foreign person to go into her. And it's a really radical passage, speaking of the siege of Jerusalem, basically. Yeah. And um, But you get the idea that a woman's, a woman's you know, the sexual relationship um, is supposed to be holy and, and private, and Jerusalem is the place of the temple. Mm. It's supposed to be holy, um, and not everybody's supposed to trample her. Right. You know, kind of idea. Um, but to me, that would be like step numero uno. You know, did you have a passage? Yeah, I had a couple passages because I know that that concept uh, sounds weird to a lot of people. It sounded really weird to me when you first told me. About. <laughs> but, you know, like the reason why is because I grew up in the church and I never heard anyone mention sex in the context of the Bible. And so when I first heard it, I thought immediately that's wrong, you know, because I had yeah. been conditioned a certain way. And the stuff that Bo's talking about is absolutely biblical. Let me read you one passage. This is 1 Samuel 1, verse 19. And it's talking about Samuel's parents. And it says, Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife. So we have Samuel's parents getting up early in the morning and they go and they worship God. They come back to their house and they have sex. Hmm. So it's in the same verse. It's in the same verse that they go and worship God. They come home and they have intimacy. So for them, the idea of worshiping God and having intimacy were not separate. Mm -hmm. It was not like a secular right. event in a, in a holy event. That's right. That's right. It's all sacred. And, and Paul, once again, in first Timothy four, verse four, he says this for all things, but created by God are good and are made to be enjoyed if they are sanctified or set apart, made holy by the word of God and, and prayer. prayer. So this is idea that I could take something that normally was secular to me and not dedicated to God. And I can dedicate it to him through praying. Hmm. 
Right. Through praying and giving thanks to him. And that's why we can eat foods that maybe were considered ceremonially unclean. That's right. Where today we can, they're ceremonially clean through prayer. Through prayer, yeah. and, and And sex being one of them. The Lamentations passage, by the way, is chapter 1 and verse 10. And it, it actually says, The adversary has spread his hand over all her pleasant things. Mm. For she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary. So it's very interesting that it says the nations have entered her sanctuary. And obviously it's talking about the areas of Jerusalem there. And But the idea is where the temple was, right. where the sanctuary of God was. And there it's equating the girl, her, her parts, if you will, to the sanctuary. Yeah. You know, to the the holy place, you know, the place of God, you know, a sanctuary, a holy place. So, um, yeah, I think there's biblical merit there for sure, you know, and, and, and that your, your, your marriage bed, guys, is to be a holy place. And now you need to start taking that back from the enemy and you have to start now winning that back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that means it's a life of prayer. It's a life of um you know, discussion and around God, the things of God. And, but I believe me, if you start just starting with prayer mm. in your marital bed, um, you know, man, you'd be blown away. Like, you know what that would do in your marriage, mm. you know, cause I think it builds up your, your wife. Um, it makes her go, wow, this dude's like really, really wants to bring God in this thing. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, so it, it helps her out and her healing, you know, and for you, it, you know, it helps you to go, hey, you know, this is something again, that's, that's the Lord's. Now, again, it's like a lot of times when we think about, you know, um, sex and um, the Lord, a lot of times we think, how can we have pleasure, hmm. you know, and that's always, that's going to be the issue. That's going to be a big thing for us because we're going to go, well, how, I mean, I, you know, I love to have, I love to, you know, that means I can't have quote really good sex because, you know, if you have too good of sex, then, then it's probably bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Which so, totally flies in the face of what the original writers of the Bible thought about God. Mm-hmm. You know, you have David in Psalm 16 verse 11, where he says, in your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Or Psalm 36, verse 8, where he says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you've given them drink from the river of your pleasures. Yeah. So the, the biblical writers definitely thought about going to God was entering into the greatest amount of pleasure. Or Habakkuk 3 uh, verse 17, where he talks about everything else in his life being destroyed. And he says, yet I will rejoice in you, God. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Mm-hmm. So so once again, there's this idea in the biblical writers that they thought of God as so pleasurable, so satisfying, so beautiful. They said, if I didn't have anything and I had God, I am pleased. Yeah. And if I have God, then that what it does is it takes the things that I already enjoy and it elevates them. To the place of being with God. Yeah. You know, and, and the way I equate it in my mind is like with a with a kid, you know, when you get a kid a present, he's mm-hmm. so into his own little world that he only enjoys the gift itself. Right. And that's yeah. why every kid on New Year's Eve is already sick of all their Christmas gifts. You know, right. they've played with them. They're done. But what starts happening as you grow up is you start understanding your relationship with your parents better. 
And the more you love someone, the more you love the gift. Uh-huh. So now as an adult, when my parents give me a gift, I no longer am just thankful for the gift itself, right. as great as it might be. But I'm thankful for my relationship with my parents who I love. Yeah. And so whenever I look at that gift, I think about them my parents that's right and it it strengthens my relationship with them and it makes the thing itself more enjoyable than it could be on its own that's right that's right that's so true man so you know we start moving in the idea of you think of sex and you start thinking about the enjoyment of god yeah you know that god is the first cause of that Mm. of the pleasure that we get to experience god is pleasurable most pleasurable sits in heaven and does whatever he pleases him. So obviously he's pleased by a lot. He's pleasurable God. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So it's like, so this is this is pointing to that. So sex becomes something where you can enjoy it because God is pleasurable. Yeah. You know, he's created you to enjoy it. Mm. You know, so you can have freedom in there. And you're working through that. Now, another thing I want to give you guys is praying, making, you know, your marriage bed the, a holy place, you know, through prayer. But the other thing I'm thinking of, too, is is just daily in your life developing an intimacy with your spouse. Hmm. You know, that means learning how to hug her, hmm. you know, learning how to hold her hand, learning how to, again, if it's better to give than to receive, learning how to please her in intimate, non-sexual ways, you know. So maybe watching movies with her, Mm. you know, uh, maybe sitting close to her, maybe, um, you know, eating popcorn with her, you know, but enjoying time with her, Mm. you know. But to me, like hugging, those type of things are important, Mm. you know, and that's a buildup to uh, sex, Mm. you know, Um, you know, because you think of it, it's like, you know, your wife isn't your wife shouldn't be treated like a prostitute. You know, or like some girl you meet in Vegas, Mm. you know what I mean? Where you meet her, you have sex with her, and then you're done. Mm. And then you part. It shouldn't be like that. It should be something where you develop the beautiful intimacy in a week or a day or something like that. And then your marriage bed is the culmination of it's 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 the fulfillment of all the experiences of intimacy throughout the day or week, Mm. you know. And for a lot of guys, I know. You've never been intimate in that way with your spouse. You've never just kissed her regular kissing, just like kisses, you know, or I'm not talking about French kissing here. I'm just talking about regular kiss. Yeah, just kiss. Yeah. It doesn't lead to anything. Right. Just, yeah. Or just a kiss on the neck or yeah. like a rub of the back or, you know, just a, a gentle touch and yeah. that type of thing. And that also goes into what we were just talking about with God, about learning how to enjoy God and not just the gift. And it's the same thing with your wife. I need to learn how to enjoy my wife and not just sex. You know, it's not just an object. Yeah. You know, it's I enjoy her so much. And yeah. that's why I enjoy intimacy with her because it's it's her, you know, and whether I have an orgasm or not doesn't really matter, you right. know, as long as I'm with her. Yeah. You know, C.S. Lewis in his book, The Four Loves, he talks about Eros. He talks about romantic love. And he says, true romantic love is one that is rooted in the beloved. Yeah. And he says, sometimes we see a man who is lustful and people will say he is looking for a woman. So he says, a woman is exactly the last thing that he wants. <laughs> right. Yeah. He says he just wants sex with her. Right. And he says, and, and the way that you could know your attitude is he says, how do you feel after you're done? Right. And he says one does not keep the he, one does not keep the, <laughs> the cigarette, cigarette case after you have smoked it. <laughs> it's like it's like pretty like a crass example very that he crass. puts. But like the idea is is very sound. What he's talking about is like 
if if I'm done, if I got what I wanted for my wife, am I done with my holding of her? Right. Am I done with my touching of yeah. her? Yeah. She it? just the cigarette box. Yeah. You know, where I'm, I'm done smoking her, so to speak. So now I just throw her away. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's Go just, to sleep. You know? That's right. And and that's how, you know, of course, a lot of husbands, we were raised, I mean, anybody who's older than me, I, I'm in my 40s, but anybody older than me has watched even more uh, TV shows and older shows, you know, where men didn't sleep in the same room with their wife. Mm-hmm. You got the idea that intimacy was basically a man was horny and rolled over and uh, jumped on his wife and his wife kind of took it because that was her, her role in the, in the, in the event. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, it, so intimacy becomes very difficult for us. It's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, but it's, it's, you know, nothing sissy about being intimate mm-hmm. as a guy. Um, you know, especially when you when you care for someone and when you love someone mm. and and it's difficult because a lot of times and I think a lot of the marriages and husbands that we work with in their marriages there's a lot of hurt and mm. so you know you might try intimacy and your wife might not be open for it you might try to hug her and she might not be into it you might try to kiss her she might not be into that you might try to hold her hand you might try to do but you know what you continue to do acts of love you know, because your joy is in the service. Your mm-hmm. joy is in the act. It's in it's 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 in doing what God does. It's mm-hmm. in wanting to pursue God. You're not you're not doing the acts uh, of service um, to get a uh, reaction from her mm-hmm. in a in a in a and then in turn something for you to get fulfilled like your sexual need. Mm-hmm. But instead, you're doing it to just pursue God. You know, I'm just pursuing God in this act. Um, and that's difficult. I want to be like God, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's why I do this act. I, I want to be an instrument of righteousness. I want you to use me the way you walked on the earth mm-hmm. and and, uh, you know, through your Holy Spirit, do that work in me. You know, but that's how you do it. You mentally renew your mind when you're doing the act of service by saying, God, I'm, I do this for your name. And I give you my body. I die to myself and you live out your life through me. Mm. You, you know, live out your life and let me just serve as you served. Yeah. Um, you know, that type of attitude where it's not like you're doing the act of service, husbands, and then you're looking at your wife like, well, did you see what I did? Yeah. <laughs> now are you going to have sex with me? Yeah. You know, Return the favor. Yeah. Which is such a bummer, you know. Yeah. And that's like the, what you just mentioned, Bo, going after the glory of God, going after reflecting him. That is the only way that you're ever going to get out of your selfishness, mm. you know, because if you only do the action for your wife to see you, then you're still being selfish. You're still just doing good deeds so that you're rewarded by your wife. Yeah. And that's going to burn you out, too. Yeah, it's over destroy any, you. Yeah. Over any length of time, dude, you're going to be torched. Yeah. Because you know? it's not enough. I mean, my wife is great, but she's not as good as God. You right. Know, she's not going to satisfy me that fully right. like God would. And that's also, you know, I know we talked about this in the beginning, but I just kind of want to reiterate it. Yeah. It's also an act of selfishness to just say, I'm going to be asexual then. You know, I struggle with pornography. I struggle with lust. So I'm just not going to have sex with my wife and I'm just going to go the route of abstinence. Right. You know, that's still selfish because you're not thinking about your wife still. Yeah. So you're not you, thinking you, about her. Right. You have to pursue. You have to work through this. Yeah. That is nothing's wrong. And you know what? I, I'll tell you this right now to all the husbands out there. You know what? We all have to work through something. Mm. You know, maybe people who don't struggle with pornography or prostitution or anything like that, they're they're working on their own things. Yeah. Believe me, I don't know anybody on the planet 
who doesn't have to work on things and the things that they have to work on are very difficult for them. Mm. You know, I think probably the worst people off are probably those people that are so pride and pompous Mm. that they, they can't even see their pride and it's just eating, it's eaten their families away. Just this slow, a cancer that has just rotted every living creature that's in their family. It's just been a slow burn forever. I think of those families where everybody just doesn't get along and and it's just horribly filled with pride, Mm. Um, even Christianity pride, you know, this religious pride. And I think, oh, man, dude, so... So husband's encouragement, you know, you might be battling and you might have to, yeah, walk through this and battle through it. But you know what? Everybody has to battle something. Everybody's battling things. So, you know, walk through it. Mm-hmm. You know, stay focused. I mean, I, I, I think if there's a few verses that are so vital, I mean, the one main verse that's, I think, absolutely just an essential is, you know, Colossians 2.10 and Psalm 73.25. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Colossians 2.10 talks about that we are complete in Christ. Hmm. And then Psalm 73.25 talks about that our heart and flesh will fail, but God is the strength in our portion forever. Hmm. You know, and, you know, if, if you can just replace in Psalm 73.25 that um, instead of it saying your heart will fail, just put your wife's heart there. Her, your wife's heart will fail you. Her flesh and her heart will fail you. And that really will happen, by the way, mm. in your lifetime. You, She will fail you, her heart and her body. Uh, there's going to be a time where we can't have sex anymore. There's going to be a time where mentally she's going to die. Mm. And um, and so we, we have to realize that really all, what we're going to is just our, our real walk with God is just us and God anyway. Mm. Um you know, meaning when we go to die, all we got is us and God. So if you're not complete in God, and if he's not your everything, then, man, we are going to be bummed out. <laughs> We're going to be sorely bummed at that point. You know, so it's, it's it, for right now, just, you know, we're all preparing to die. And the way we prepare to die daily is by putting our wife on the altar, putting our kids on the altar. But in sexuality, we put our wife on the altar. We say we put our sex on the altar put everything on the altar and say, Lord, you know what? I give you everything. Uh, I give you all these things. It's you that I'm going after, you know? And I, and I think if you, you start having that mindset, um, you know, then you're right on line with God. God is going to do amazing things in your heart and in your life. You're going to have a joy from God that man, you're going to be cool with every battle that you have to face, Mm. you know? So it's been a great podcast. We'll maybe talk a little bit, um, Uh, more about this next time and it's such a good topic we can Mm. probably figure out some more things to talk about with husbands Mm. you know and if you guys have any questions you certainly can uh, uh, let us know at peter at runninglight.org or bo at runninglight.org and bo is b-e-a-u you can certainly follow us at twitter at runninglight or check out our podcasts on itunes or uh, google uh, or um, soundcloud so with that we'll um, hopefully do one next week Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.